Come on, let's give God praise. Brother Moore's coming. Pastor Moore's coming right now. Everybody say, bless him, God, mightily in Jesus' name. Bless him mightily, God. Praise the Lord, church. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Uh, What a good time to be in the house of God today. Presence of the Lord. Touch of his greatness and power among us. Amen. Can't help but think about the song that we started out with and how that he's going to put us on a ship and he's going to take this ship through the, through the air <laughs> only God could do that <laughs> Woo, praise God <laughs> hallelujah and I couldn't help but think. I said, Lord, we're singing this. But the first pain we get in our body. I'm going to run it to somebody, amen, because I'm not ready. God, do we really mean it? Do we really mean that we're ready to meet you in the air? Are really, really excited, amen, about the God that's in this house this morning that knows no limitations? Hallelujah, there's not a cancer he can't heal. There's not a friction he can't deliver you out of. There's not a sin outside of blasphemy the Holy Ghost that he can't wash you and make you a new creation today. And we're serving such a caring and an awesome God today that loves us, cares for us, and he's fighting for us. Don't you listen to that devil. Don't leave you listen to the lies of the world. This church is going to be victorious. This church is going to win the race. It's going to finish the course. It's going to hear him say, well done. My, my, my. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Appreciate our classes as they make their way back. Apologize for not getting the books out. Only, we only got the large print. That's all they had. So they'd sold out of the smaller ones. So don't let it hurt your pride having to get the big one. <laughs> I have to admit the smaller ones a lot of times are a lot easier to put in your Bibles and carry around. And so that's the reason a lot likes them. We understand that. And uh, I won't ask you this morning if you read your lesson. Hallelujah. I won't even tempt you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I know you, you read yours. You had one. Amen. It's, it's some very familiar scripture, though, and a beautiful lesson. Starting a new series. It's called The Two Debtors. And... Um, There's really a lot in this lesson this morning to help us. Uh, There is some more. I forgot to tell the Sunday school class, Brother Ford's class. I put theirs back there. They got plenty. So um, if we run out, there's some up there. We'll go get theirs back. (laughs) And Luca, they may have took all of ours. (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, this lesson is a eye-opener 
helps us to maybe look at worship a little different. It definitely gives us some insight of our Lord and how that he, he would handle situations, respond to situations, and uh, how they would be heart-moving and transforming. And that only the Lord could do this. You know, it's, I always find it, I shouldn't say this, probably amazing, but uh, it does amaze me how the Lord worked a lot of situations that would be so far different from maybe myself or man, just being a man. <laughs> a man, he... He didn't do things out of arrogance. He didn't do things to be a showboat. Uh, he just didn't work in that realm, in that spirit. Uh, only a few times that you can really see where Jesus, you know, plaid the whip and get so, what we would say, so physical in his uh, response to what was taking place in uh, the place of worship, a place that had been dedicated, set aside and to represent God and to represent what's available there. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, and even though he had tarried and waited uh, you only read of him a few times until he's 30. And then for only three and a half years of his ministry. And having that close call, I guess you would say, the inner court, but then also the 12. And you know this. But then there was many disciples and many followers. But uh, the main core that he was instructing and training was those that he had elected to be disciples that would uh, carry this gospel and preach this truth. And even though some of them, you don't read anywhere in the scriptures, that doesn't mean they didn't say things or do great things for God. But you just don't, there's no recording of, in the scriptures of some of them. But yet others, there's many recordings and even of their own writings as God would move upon them and use them. But today, when it talks about the two debtors, and again, we're going to watch how the Lord uses a parable to bring about some truth. Parables, amen. It's basically sometimes parables are used to be an earthly story with spiritual uh, insight or results. And um, he uses them often. He uses them in a manner and a way uh, that all could... that. Um, at least in some degree, could, because there are times the parables was written in a way that they couldn't really hear them. They couldn't really understand them. There was a revelation that had to come with them. There would be times the disciples, they would in private time, and a little later, that he would had, they would question him to give them a little more insight and, uh, about them. But as we watch this today in Luke 7 and 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many... Are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same 
loveth little. And that's not a license for us to jump out here, <laughs> start doing a lot of crazy stuff and, you know, things of that nature and to try to build up some kind of list for God to build some kind of record and uh, some kind of, you know, uh, heroic story. Amen. You, you're still far better off to live a life that's pleasing unto God, especially if you're raised in an apostolic church and uh, if you've been taught from an early age of the separation and not to get involved in certain things, not to go down those pathways, not to go through those gates. Amen. Not to be exposed to those things. And, and you know, we're living in a world today with the technology and all that's going on and as much as everybody's being exposed to. Uh, that task has became far greater. Uh, Brother Tony and I was talking last night, and, and I just mentioned, you know, you could take 50 or 60 years ago before ever Hollywood and things of that nature that some of those come up in that generation. They didn't know a lot of things. They weren't exposed to it. They didn't have a clue. But today, there's so many with just the touch of a button can be exposed with so much. And just in a few moments, a man that uh, it's just, it's unreal. So the task... Of, of trying to protect the task of trying to keep uh, the enemy from uh, making inroads and invitations and luring us um, has become no doubt far greater. And, uh, but we still have that responsibility to keep them from going down those paths. But we're going to read of two characters here today. Amen. And um, we can learn from both of them. There could be possibilities that... Uh, we have played the role of both of them at one time or another. And uh, that's what I want to talk a little bit about tonight or this morning. Amen. And, and just the, the whole setup and how, how we all desire to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We all desire to walk in his footsteps. We want to be like him. You, you don't really pray to be like Paul. You don't really pray to be like Peter. When you get down in prayer, you know, you don't really, oh, you might, but, but most of you don't. I mean, we don't. Come on. Uh, you know, we, we love these men. We give honor to them. They were great men of God, great vessels. As far as I'm concerned, the second, third man in the New Testament we read about, uh, amen, as far as the New Testament and, and things of that nature. But you know what I'm saying. We desire to follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We desire, how many of you remember here a little while back, and it's been a little time back, they come out with these little bands and all, you know, what would he do? What would Jesus do? You know, and that was supposed to be a little reminder. They wore them around their necks. They'd done this and done that. You don't see them as much anymore, do you? I wonder why. <laughs> i tell you why. <laughs> it's hard when you go to rear back and you... <laughs> I don't think Jesus would do this. <laughs> and so, you know, to their own... The own uh, witnessing, you know, hey, God used things. And I'm not saying go out and buy these or promote them. I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you. But God done, he set up things to what is a witness to help us. And, um, but we desire to walk in the counseling and the spirit. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. Amen. To be Christ-like, to be a Christian, uh, the anointed one. To follow the way that Jesus would handle things. And so the truth about God, God forgives our sins. That's a done deal. If you, if you and I have truly confessed and had a godly sorrow, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, amen. We're forgiven. It doesn't matter what others think and their ideas about it and how much of it they want to pull back out from under the blood. And I personally feel that's a dangerous thing to do upon the self, on the individual that's doing that. 
If God's forgot it and he put it away and put it as far as the east and the west, you know what? We don't have no business pulling it out either. You know, I mean, I know there's, there's sayings out there, somebody else's trash is somebody else's treasure. But this ain't the kind of trash we're talking about. You know, this is not the type of garbage that we're talking about. Go be pulling it out and bringing it now. Man, no, we don't do that. But anyway, truth for my life. I will express my love for Jesus because he forgave, man, my sins. I want to express this love that I've been forgiven. I've been delivered. I've been released of that, that burden, that guilt, that shame. Amen. Can I just talk a little bit right there for a minute? Now, if you listen to carnality, if you listen to the devil, if you're, not, if you're not careful with your own mind, you'll hatch out things. You'll rehatch things. You'll hold on to some things. I'm going to tell you something. When, when God's forgiven you, you've been forgiven. Now, if you owe somebody, and, there, and I, believe, I believe there's times you need to go to individuals and, and ask for forgiveness. If you transgressed against them, Paul talks about having a good conscience before God and man. Okay? But, but if, if that constantly is used by the enemy to, to rise up in our lives and it's effective, I think to say something here. Could it be that we've never really repented over it? Could it be that we never had the godly sorrow and got it under the blood? If it has too easy of access back into our lives to have some type of control, to manipulate us. And so, if that's happening, the first thing I would do is I'd check myself and say, Now, God, I want to make sure that I had a godly sorrow. Not a man's sorrow. There was a difference between the sorrow of getting caught and having a godly sorrow. Okay? Let's go to David for a minute. Psalms 51. And what transpired, what took place. Everybody knows the story pretty much what happened there. But you know, he in that repentance, he talks about sin against God. He doesn't mention any of the other characters. And he doesn't have the power or the ability now to even restore some to even to repent or apologize to them. But to God, to God. The reason it's so important to make a, a God thing out of it is because when we have a godly sorrow, that's when God can wash us, cleanse us, purge us. And that's, that's, that's where we, that the shame and the guilt. I'm going to tell you something. Guilt can be a very heavy burden, a heavy weight that can weigh you down. That, those type of incidents, the power of God, you can have a Holy Ghost experience. And I mean, speaking in tongues and having a good time and the joy of the Lord and walk out them doors and that flag and come up. And all that just transpired and took place for the last hour and two hours, man, just. Whew. So we're going to learn some things from these two characters here this morning of of their lives and what they exposed unto us. How often did Jesus have his feet anointed? 
Y'all looking at Best I can tell at least twice. At least twice. If you read the scriptures and get to digging into them, Luke the seventh chapter, amen, this is a anointing. Uh, we're not even real sure who this lady is. We know she's a sinner. But you know what? That's not a big deal. Everybody's a sinner. <laughs> uh, some may be worse than others, and they suffer the consequences of that. Okay? And the writer talks about that a little bit in the lesson itself. But as you read in Luke, the seventh chapter, and then there's others. And, and here we know of Mary. Mary that, that even Brother Ford had mentioned this Mary. And at Lazarus and at Martha's. But, but we read that Jesus was at a, even a, a Pharisee. And this was called Simon. And so the, the stories are a lot alike. But there is some difference in the settings and timing. And so as we, we look into this. And uh, why was that so important? Because one reason is the Mary, Mary Magdalene was delivered of seven devils, demons. But if you read the encounters of when she anointed the feet of the Lord, it was prior and just prior. In fact, possibly within the last week or so, and don't hold me to that one, but of, of the Lord but going to the cross. It doesn't say anything about her weeping, washing his feet, but she anoints them. Okay, so this particular lady, the Bible don't give us a name. We don't really, we're not just absolutely sure. But, uh, but we're going to know that by the scriptures and, and by the setting and what unfolds in this gathering. What caused this gathering? What caused this um, calling up together? Who, in, who, who started this? Who kicked the ball to bring this about? It was a Pharisee. A Pharisee that invited Jesus. Why did he invite Jesus? Could it be that this Pharisee had heard? If you back up in scriptures in this chapter, you're going to read where Jesus had it, with the name, and there he had raised the little boy or the young lad uh, of the widow. And you'll read on where it began to be noised abroad and became a man as a rumor. That's how the Bible puts it. And word began to get out about this man called Jesus. And so now, no doubt, it caused a curiosity, if nothing else, a desire because this Pharisee had been taught that nobody but God could do these things. Who, who, who is this guy? Who is this man called Jesus? Is that still not the mission this morning? Is that still not the call upon our lives on a daily basis to, to manifest Jesus unto a lost and a dying world? To a confused world and the world we're living today. <laughs> we got so many beliefs and religions. You know, I, 
I feel sorry for people that's trying to gravitate their way through. Trying to find this truth. Trying to find the, the power of God. And if we're not careful, even among Pentecost, and I hate to even say that, but it's the truth. One God Pentecost, too, not just Pentecost. Man, you put Pentecost out there. Man, you just branched out to no telling how many ideas and opinions and beliefs. And, and we see the same statement that the church had to deal with in the Acts of 15th chapter when certain of the Judean believers came along and told them, Amen. Man, if you don't do it in the circumcised like Moses, you can't be saved. That's a pretty powerful statement. And so that's been around since the church. It's always been. It didn't take long in this journey of the church and of these things to begin to happen and unfold and take place. And so this Pharisee, no doubt, invites Jesus. Now, he's not a believer. He's not one that's persuaded who he claims to be. But he's interested enough to invite him to dinner. He's interested enough to bring him into his home. What's more interesting is that Jesus is willing to go. Jesus is willing to go into his home. Jesus is willing to Receive this invitation. Jesus is willing to walk into the place and even though he wouldn't uh, accept it in the proper manner that he should have been, he still didn't stop at the door and start. God Almighty still walked in. The all-knowing God that knew every heart and, and the purpose and the desire of every vessel in the room. Even those, those that was with him. He's willing to come into this situation. Come into this setup. And to witness about God. What are you trying to tell us preacher? You know there's some circumstances that you really, really rather not been a part of. and Lured into and called up in. But could it be it was a God thing? And he just needs vessels that knows how to be led by the Holy Ghost. That knows how to read the signs of the time. That understands that their reputation is not really important, but his is. And I know, I know you can break that out and shame on us that we have to justify everything we say. But there are some places we don't go. Now, if God leads me there, that's because we got some wandering saint that's went there, and we're going to get them. <laughs> but I'm not going to casinos to get a special deal on a dinner. I don't care how good it is. I don't even care if they're giving it away. I'm not going. Okay? Don't let your, let your good be evil spoken of is what I can tell you. Besides that, you don't know what this flesh and when you walk into those places, let me tell you something. There's certain, there's no doubt a number of places that we don't get involved in because of the spiritual realm that is there. You and I have to be very careful because um, this old earthen vessel, we don't know our heart. We might think we do. And we might think, oh, I'm strong. It would never bother me. You better, you better batten it down, baby. <laughs> You better nail it down. You better make sure because you're fixing to find out. God and the devil's fixing to see to it. 
because you just opened it up. Okay? Uh, but anyway, let's get back with our lesson. So, as this begins to unfold, and um, as we watch some of the scriptures itself, I, I want to bring a few out. So in Luke 7, 36, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he called out Jesus, went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And we'll talk about that sitting down in just a minute. Matthew 26 and 6 says, And when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. <laughs> I believe it's a different house. Different Simon. Different setup. But when you back up in Luke, the seventh, he says, The Son of Man is come eating and drinking. And he say, Behold, gluttonous man and wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. If you back up from that, you're going to read they talked about John, John the Baptist. And, and he passes off, and he's off the scene. In fact, John sent two of his, his followers to Jesus to make sure that he was Jesus. And Jesus performs these miracles in an hour. Amen. He he's, he's raises a dead. He opens blinded eyes and deaf ears. And, and, he, and he preached the gospel with the poor. And he sends back to, with those disciples. He tells him, said, John, if you just won't be offended, amen, in the work of God and the kingdom of God. He said, sure, hey, I am the Messiah. He proves all. So all this transpired. Just So this is the fame. This is the word that's going out about this Jesus that this Pharisee hears about. And now he desires him to come to have dinner with him, to have a visitation with him. So in Matthew 9, we see the Pharisees saw it, and they said to his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? Why does he fellowship with them? Why does he have any business with them? But you know what? I preached a message one time. Jesus was the only one that could really touch the leopards. He wouldn't, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't bother to being, becoming contaminated by them. He knew that was within him was greater than that what, what was destroying them as a leopard. Which is a type of sin when you really look at it. Sin destroys humanity. The devil uses certain elements to help destroy this vessel. If you don't believe that, you look at the vessels that get becomes captivated by drugs and it becomes an addiction and they lose the control and it's got the control watch them after just a few years of, of, of its influence and power and look at those vessels and the outcome of it and so it's just a, a element it's something that if you really look at it you could see the results of it He said, when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. So in the Pharisees' mind, they didn't need a Messiah. They didn't need a prophet. In the Pharisees' mind, amen, they, they, they was the one that told them whenever Jesus had enthroned him and all this happens, uh, even some of that last part of the anointing when he's coming in on the little donkey and, and, and they begin to worship him. They're crying out to quieten him down. He says, the rocks will cry out. 
the praise, the worship. It's, it's worked hand in hand. And, and this, this all going to tie together. You watch this. But when Jesus heard that, I, th- th- those that's whole, those that don't need them. And, and we have to be careful with that. And so when you go to Luke 15 and... Uh, Then drew near unto him, and all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, is not willing to leave the one, not willing to leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness? Don't let that throw you. Where was the tabernacle at? <laughs> Amen. The tabernacle was in the wilderness. Sometimes I know we think of wilderness, you know, we're thinking. Sometimes it's a lot safer. That's one thing that's always amazed me about the city guys. That when they come out here, there's no lights, and they worry about snakes and things of this nature. Uh, you don't even know a real serpent, except the images in that city. <laughs> You're talking about firepower, man. They got 9 millimeters, M16s. They got all kind of stuff. And you worry about this little, and I don't like snakes either. But I'd rather tend with them out here than tend with them in the city. They can have the city. I feel I can sleep a whole lot better out here than I can sleep. I always hate the first night having to go somewhere and in a motel. I never sleep that first night. Horns blowing, cars going. I never sleep. Man, it's a mess. In fact, the second, third night, I probably can. I get tired enough, I'll sleep some anyway. Praise God. Anyway. So... We, we, we see this, and, and, and he talks about how that, that shepherd go out and gets that one sheep and brings him back and rejoices and calls the brother and rejoices over this. So we understand the mission of Jesus Christ, even in this setting with this Pharisee, what's going to unfold, and how that he's very patient and very gentle and very kind of, of handling the situation. I, that's an area I promise you I'm praying about. God, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. Somebody come in a hardware store just this week and, and mentioned a certain term. And, man, I've been praying over that term. And, and in, in the study of this, this since then, it came to me, and I read it, and it was in the Scriptures, and it talks about the rock. But not just the rock. Did you know that on top of that rock there is foundations that Scriptures talks about? I told a man last night. <laughs> Amen. That rock being Christ and the wise man digs down and he builds upon the rock. But he's got to, what's he going to build on that rock? He's going to build some foundations. Whose foundation? The apostles' foundation. That's whose foundation. That's who he's going to build upon that rock. Even Paul said, take heed how you build thereupon. It's not just a free deal and you can just do what you want to. No, there is a Bible. There is commandments and statutes and principles that God expects us. And he says, if we'll love him, we'll keep them. So it all works together and comes together. Amen. And so as we watch this begin to unfold and, and, and the, the desire and the passion, what's the difference? What happens? Why is it so important? Let me carry you to Luke, the 19th chapter. And I won't carry you through the whole story, but it's about Zacchaeus. Je- Jesus is coming through. The Bible says he's coming through Jericho. Most of the time when we hear about that, we, we, we read about and preach about blind Bartimaeus. But, but Zacchaeus, a man, small in statue, he was a tax collector. The Bible says, a man, he called him, a man, he was a ruler, but he was rich. That's what the Bible says about him. But Zacchaeus had a desire to see Jesus. 
Zacchaeus had a greater desire than most of them that was there to see Jesus. Because the Bible said he was small in stature. When he realized that he couldn't see him, and he hustled and he bustled and he tried to work his way through, but just seemed he couldn't. So the Bible says that this rich, dignified, uplooked at small statue vessel of Jericho begins to run. Sometimes being so dignified is not the thing to do. Try and impress those around you. It's not the thing to do. Not if you want to see Jesus. Not if you want to see him in a way and experience him in a way like you've never experienced him in all your life. And so Zacchaeus goes running. And he knows the path that Jesus is going to take. And there is a tree. And he, he's, he's not going to have enough pride and arrogance about him. No, he shimmies right up that tree like some little eight or ten year old boy. Amen. I can imagine them standing around and Zacchaeus, what are you doing, man? You fell off him, man. He's done got loony. He's done got old, senile. He's done gone now. And ain't no telling what kind of statements was made. But Zacchaeus had one thing in his heart and one thing on his mind. I want to see Jesus. Amen. Man, I'm telling you what, when we get a real passion and a desire, I want to see Jesus in every service. I want to see Jesus in every day of my life. I want to feel his presence. I want to love him. I'm not in this, amen, just for the fishes and loaves. I'm not in this just to feel good and feel chill bumps. No, I'm in this, amen, as a mission of Jesus Christ to show this dying and lost world and captivated world that there is hope, there is a gateway, there is a God, there is a Bethel in Bendale, Mississippi. We know him by his name. We know him by his word. We know him by his liberating power. So Zacchaeus. Now watch Jesus. Again, the Almighty. Jesus walked straight to the tree. I don't believe he ever looked up prior. I don't believe he gave any hints whatsoever. I believe he just walked up there and Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go home with you. Can I be honest here? Most of us would have fell out of the tree. <laughs> Wait a minute, Jesus. Can I get ahead of you? <laughs> Man, <laughs> the laundry's out. This is that. <laughs> Y'all ain't been mowed in three weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, help us this morning. How many of us walked in here this morning and everything just not right like it ought to be? But you know what? Jesus still wants to go home with us. Jesus still wants to walk in the service and not just walk in the service. He wants to do more than just give us a feel good. That's what drugs do. That's what alcohol does. And then it drops you like a hot potato. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ wants to sustain us. Jesus Christ wants to equip us. Jesus Christ wants to make us victorious. Jesus Christ wants to walk right in the midst of our heartaches and problems and disappointments and raise us up and make us victorious over the powers of this serpent, the powers of darkness. Ah, but you and I have got to have that same passion and that same desire. Jesus, I want you to come and dine with me. Jesus, I want to welcome you into my home. You know, even the Pharisee didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare. If you look at it, he walks in, Jesus walks in right behind him. I'm sure he hustled the servants maybe a little. I don't know. Make a preparation. Maybe the servants kind of looked out the kitchen door and said, I thought you said just Jesus. 
Man, there's a pretty good host here. All these folks you invite. All of them but. We'll get to that. And so, even with Zacchaeus. Now, here's what happens whenever you allow Jesus to come home with you. And I, I should have marked it probably. But in Luke, the 19th chapter, I tell you, I just best I can with it. Zacchaeus, to Jesus going and abode with him. Here's the conclusion because it says, the next verse says, went home with him in his house. Zacchaeus says, I tell you what, I give half my goods unto the poor. I tell you what I do, if I, if, I, if, I, if I mishandled anybody or took from anybody, I'll give them four folds back. It's amazing when you get Jesus in your life. <laughs> All of a sudden, money doesn't seem to have the effect upon you or the control upon you. All of a sudden, sin and lust and the pull of it doesn't seem to have the same effect once you let Jesus into your home. Once you opened up the, the heart and the inward part and the mind of the vessel unto none other but Jesus Christ, the Messiah himself. And so, as we watch this unfold, begin to take place. 37th chapter, Luke informs us, Behold, a woman in the city. I would take that, that in this city. Most believe, now the Bible doesn't really make it clear to us, but uh, your commentaries, most of them believe that this is in the city of Capernaum. It's where this happened. You take it for whatever it's worth. And, but, but a woman of the city, a man, and which was a sinner. Now, we know the scriptures go on to tell us in a few minutes that in, in Romans 3, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But no doubt the scriptures is uh, uh, guiding us and helping us to understand that uh, probably everybody in the city knew this woman. Man, probably she followed some of the same reputation possibly as, as the one that you read about in John the fourth chapter. That Jesus took out the time to visit. And you tell me he won't visit you? Are you letting the devil tell you that he won't visit you? Are you letting society tell you that he won't visit you? When I'm watching in the ministry of Jesus Christ that he walks into homes. That he knew their hearts and their thoughts. But he still walked in. I beg the difference with that this morning. And I beg the difference with that spirit. Jesus is in the business of saving us and delivering us. We don't save ourselves. It's not by our own pride and might. But it's by the spirit of God. But if we try to do it outside the spirit of God, we can't do it. We no more can conform ourselves than neither could the Pharisees or the Sadducees. We can't do it. I don't want a form of godliness. Hey Amen. I want to have godliness. There's a difference between the two. Because when God is abiding, and dwells in you. It goes with you in the highways and the byways. It climbs the mountains with you. It goes through the valleys with you. It'll crawl in the den of lions with you. It'll bring you across Red Seas and Jordan rivers. I tell you, the fire can never burn it up and the water can never put it out. 
The devil's no match for the church or you as an individual if you're walking in the Holy Ghost. But that doesn't make us perfect. These are earthen vessels can give us some problems. That's the reason Proverbs taught us you got to you got to walk, walk the gateways and the fences of the hearts of these earthen vessels on a daily basis. You got to you got to observe them and look at them. Hey, I see a little crackling in the mortar here. I see a little dislodging taking place. A wise man will start tending to it. A wise man will realize, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. In fact, the scripture says not to make provision for the flesh. If I got a problem here, I've often said this. You know, there's some places I just wouldn't send some people. Because they're prone and subject and given to that. If I had to, we had to have somebody to go to. I don't even know, does Harold's even exist anymore? <laughs> That used to be a bar place on 63. I don't even know if it exists. But anyway, you got somebody down there. You know what? If I, 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 somebody that was pronged and subject to that, I wouldn't send them. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't think that would be too wise. But you know what? Jesus gave us an example. That there is some circumstances and situations that we can step in. Especially if we're led by the Lord. And anointed by God. A man to handle these situations. And uh, you watch this. Now it's a lot deeper than what you think. Because the Pharisees. They, 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 they believed in dotting every I. And crossing every T. But they cut you off in a heartbeat. They wouldn't socialize with you. They wouldn't be caught in the same room. They wouldn't let you touch them. Because they depended upon laws. They depended upon, amen, just the external things. But the inside didn't have the goods or the ability or the heart or the courage or the anointing. Amen. To just let anybody come into my presence and let just anybody touch me. Hallelujah. Even though they had a reputation. Amen. In the city that everybody knew that she was a sinner. Everybody knew, amen, that she was a, a product, amen, of sinfulness, of unrighteousness. Apparently, amen, she had had such a, a life and everybody knew. Hallelujah. Know you that's what the Pharisee says about this. When she knew that Jesus, now watch this one. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house. I got one from them hypocrites, folks. I ain't going to that church because of that bunch of hypocrites. She didn't mind going. Didn't stop her. 
She knew good and well when she walked in a place that she had not been invited to. The only one there that probably hadn't been invited. And she knew the judgment was going to come out of that Pharisee. And she knew the judgment out of everybody else. But she knew that Jesus was in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, it doesn't matter who else is in the house. Because when Jesus is in the house, honey, he trumps everybody else and their judgments and their opinions and their ideals. The mercy and grace of Jesus Christ and getting it to him of him trumps everything and everybody else. Right. Hey, 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 you better quit judging the other members of the body. Get over it. It's going to drag you to a hell. We're here for the head, not the feet. We're here to go and fight and magnify the head, not members of one another. We're not here, amen, to choose this and to choose that and one's better than the other. No, we're all saved by the head called Jesus Christ. We've all experienced the grace and mercy of God. We're all here because of his goodness. None's above the other. Getting ahead of myself a little bit, but she didn't allow that to. Because she knew there was others there besides Jesus. But the one that was going to count was Jesus. She brought an alabaster box of ornament. And this box and it was of great cost. Another scripture it talks about a man a year's wages, things of that nature, to this particular box. And it's just limestone. A lot of times, some of them white and some yellow, man. But precious perfumes and ornaments are stored in it for a purpose and for a reason. The next verse helps us to understand where, where she goes. And, and the Bible said, talking about the woman, stood at his feet behind him. Behind Jesus. She just slips, not saying a word, possibly not making eye contact with nobody else. <laughs> even though they was all. And, and who knows, maybe even a hush had done went across the crowd. I don't know. All the eyes are on her, but she's not meeting all their eyes. <laughs> she's not going to be distracted because she came on purpose. She came to worship. She came to worship in a way maybe like nobody else had worshipped. She came, amen, to express a love that only, amen, she could express it. <laughs> and what a beautiful setting is being set up now. She walks in behind Jesus. Now the normal custom of that day, at the table, they didn't have chairs. But apparently they had either got on their knees or down on that and their feet would be behind them. And so she's walking up behind Jesus. Possibly Jesus had even sat where she maybe had a straight shot coming through the door that he'd never even seen who it was. But he knew her. <laughs> he didn't turn around. He didn't acknowledge her. He didn't say anything at this present time. He just sits and waits. 
<laughs> he said, began to wash his feet with tears. Her broken heart. Her expression of love. Those tears were flowing in such a flow now. Such a brokenness. Such appreciation. Such great gratitude. Amen. To this one called Jesus. The scripture don't let us know if she had any other encounters with him. But from all accounts with these actions. Maybe she was one of the ones that also heard about Jesus. Like the Pharisee. And he desired for him to come in his home. And now she desires. Because now after trouble, one thing after another. One fellowship or one relationship after another. One friendship after another had failed. And, and now the, the heaviness and the darkness and the gloomness that overshadowed her mind and her heart and her spirit. Who knows what age she was and how many times and how many times she'd been in the valley and how many times it seemed like it just had come out to nowhere. But all of a sudden she heard about the one called Jesus. How many times have we heard about Jesus? How many times have we have felt the one called Jesus? Hallelujah. That's the reason I'm telling you it's God's will for us to live overcoming and victorious lives. Oh, we come up short and we drop the ball and we got to deal with these earthen vessels. But I'm telling you, there is a love of this master here. There's a love of this savior, this, this shepherd, amen, the, the bishop of our souls here. And as she makes her way to him now, hallelujah, she knew him. She knew how to pick him out. She knew who he was. So I don't know if she had maybe saw him at a distance. Hallelujah. But now this is a time I'm going to be able to get close to him. This is the time I'm going to be able to really express my way, amen, of how I love him and appreciate him, of the words that he spoke. Amen, that there is hope, that I can be cleansed, that I can be washed, that I can become a whole person. This Messiah, I believe in this Messiah. Go to John, the fourth chapter. You'll read where that lady knew about there was going to be a Messiah coming. There was going to be one coming, amen, that was going to instruct them and help them. Hallelujah, how to worship and who to worship and the place of worship. Amen, that he was going to come and perform miracles and wonders and signs. Amen, I'm telling you, they all knew about this Messiah. But it's one thing to know about him. It's one thing to hear about him, and it's quite another to say, I'm ready to worship him now. I'm ready to bow down to him. And the Bible says that she, she begins, and, and maybe even before she gets on her knees, the tears are just flowing. And, and as they're flowing on the feet of Jesus with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. I, I don't know, maybe she couldn't even afford a towel. Man, this relationship's not bought with silver and gold anyway. You don't have enough silver and gold. I don't have enough silver and gold. You can't buy your way into this. There's only one true way to know this Jesus in this manner. <laughs> That's a godly sorrow. That's a true repentance. And living it out day in and day out, as Paul taught us, I died daily. 
to myself and to those things around us. Why is that? I don't allow those words to lodge in my heart or in my spirit or in my mind to stay there, to give advantage to the devil to work against me and rob me of my inheritance and rob me of my fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ. It's more important than anything else. Hallelujah. They can do me wrong. They can say what they want to. Come on. I, I, I'm not going to beat him, man, that part of the soil. Amen. That, that wayside soil. You know what it was? That's what they trotted in and out of the field zone. And it was hard to be trampled on and walked on. Amen. And, and hard until the seed couldn't penetrate. Hallelujah. This world may try to walk on us. Our loved ones may try to walk on us. Bad deals may happen. But it's up to you and I as a soil. We determine, amen, the outcome of the soil. We're the ones that determine that greater is the love of Jesus Christ. And greater is the presence of God in relationship and fellowship with God. Even to the point that Paul taught us, you're better off, amen, to take fault. You're better off to take the loss. You're better off, amen, than to get riled up and all this other stuff. No, amen, I'm going to keep my fellowship with God right. And if I'm going to keep my fellowship right with God, I'm going to keep my spirit right with my brothers and sisters, regardless of what they say, regardless of what they do. Hallelujah, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. I'm looking beyond that. They're trying to destroy the flesh. But God, you told me to fear him that can not only destroy the body, but destroy the soul. Hallelujah, I'm not going to fear them. Neither I'm going to let their weapons be effective. Every weapon formed against it shall not prosper. That don't mean there won't be weapons. That don't mean there won't be fiery darts. But I got a shield of faith. I got something, amen, he won't accomplish what he set out to do. Because great is the love in me and my relationship and fellowship with God. I'm going to come broken if I got to do it all over again today. Preach it to us today, folks. This thing is real. Just how much does it take to cause us to miss it? I mean, turmoils and battles and wars that started out over just a few words. <laughs> but just kept building. It kept building because somebody just simply didn't want to obey the book. <laughs> and I, I didn't mean this, none of this. <laughs> From that point, she goes to kissing his feet after applying the ointment and washing and using her hair the hair that no doubt was long enough to dry the feet start with but maybe a hair that one time attracted for the wrong reasons and the wrong purposes but now now she's going to use it that power with Jesus Christ, that power with the angelic host, out of obedience now instead of arranging it to attract the wrong reasons and purposes. Man, it's going to be arranged and kept in a way that when that hour of need comes, I can humble myself before this almighty God just as though as Jesus is in my presence. Amen. As though he's right. And still, folks, understand, Jesus has still got his back to her. Jesus hadn't still turned around. Jesus hadn't done any of that. All of this is still from just the backside. She's worshiping him. She's going beyond the boundaries. And sometimes we walk in this house and we can't even hardly get out of our chairs. Think about it. Think about it. I know there's times you can't. No, don't take that wrong. I'm, God knows. God knows. God knows. Amen. He knows. And so... Begin to talk about 
Second, second Corinthians 7 and 9 and Paul's writings to the Corinthian church. The first letters written to him. It, 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 man, it stirred him up, and it, but he calls him, man, it calls him to weep and cry and cause great sorrow. But listen to the second letter and how Paul writes that. I rejoice not that he were made sorry, but that he sorrowed to repentance. There is a difference. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We don't preach this book to make people mad. We don't use this book or this podium for a whipping post, for candy sticks. To, to, to be some, some, like some king or some dominant. We ain't nothing. Paul said that we're not nothing. If Apollos and Paul wasn't nothing, who am I? That's what he said now. We're just vessels and ministers of God. That's all we are. <laughs> if we say any good thing, it's because it was given to us. If we do any good thing, it's because God blessed us and helped us to do it. So we don't preach truth and stand for truth to, to sorry people or to make a mad. But God help us to preach this truth that will help us to come to a godly sorrow and, and come to a, a godly sorrow because there's such a difference between the two. 39th verse begins to pick up. and Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. It was within him, but he wouldn't speak it out. But I just wonder what his expressions and his countenance look like. <laughs> you know, y'all constantly read mine. <laughs> I can tell sometimes the preacher says something over here. <laughs> hey, look over here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Keep the right countenance. <laughs> I want to say, but I'm not. <laughs> and so here he is. He wasn't saying nothing, but he probably wanted to. He probably, even at this point in the writer, he, he alludes to this. And he probably wanted to jump up and say, get that woman out of here and get Jesus out with her. <laughs> filing up my house, filing up my place, coming in with all this junk. But thank God there was something in him. <laughs> he, didn't, didn't, he didn't open his mouth. You know, there's been a few times in my life, I, I thank God I didn't open my mouth. <laughs> well, fix and tell on myself. Maybe my wife won't hear this. <laughs> Amen. Brother Brandon, a lot of these know it. I got a little red skill drill. I don't know how long I've had it. I know he's in the trailer. I, I've, I've, I've wore it completely out. She got it for my birthday. She bought it at Walmart. She brought it in there and I opened that thing up. I said, in my mind, I said, this thing ain't going to last two foggy mornings. Boy, was I wrong. That thing's got some torque. Brother Barry never hit me on my house, and we'd get in some of them real tight places, and they didn't have the, all the impacts and all back then so much, or we didn't have them, whatever. But this was a lot smaller than some of them others we had. You could take it and put it up in there. Hey, and if you didn't watch it, I remember when the first time he used it, he said, he said man, he said, I said, I told you. I said, that thing got some torque. I said, man, I'm telling you, I told them the story. I'm glad I didn't open my mouth. <laughs> my goodness, what I had to eat some crow. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, no doubt, Simon, at least, you know, it was just within himself. He, he didn't voice it. He didn't. Amen. 
this man, if he were a prophet, if he was who they said he was, I heard he was doing this and heard him that, but, uh, but hey, if he is a prophet, he know who that is that's touching him. He wouldn't have any dealings with her. Praise God. Where <laughs> he makes the statement says, for she is a sinner. In other words, as far as he was concerned, she was a social outcast. If we have the revival that we're praying for, there's going to be some folks that's going to pull on this parking lot and walk through them doors. <laughs> and you better keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> like Simon. <laughs> In fact, we better keep our expressions. In fact, it works better. Don't wait till they get here. Let's practice it out there. Because if we'll practice it out there, the chances will be far better to get them in here. Because if we don't practice it out there, the chances is not good at getting them in here. Okay? So, he moves from that and acknowledging of who she was. And I'm going to have to bypass some things. And we know that it talks about all our sinners and Amen. And, and even, but the scriptures in Galatians 3 and 22 has taught us, has concluded all under sin, both Jews and the Gentiles. Amen. But the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might give us what? Given to them that believe. See, there is the key. We got to believe. So when you go to Luke 7 and 40, and Jesus answering, and, and I know my times, and Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee before he opened his mouth, before he could do. Jesus, he's still sitting there. Uh, the meat hadn't even came. They, they're not even dining yet. Huh. But Jesus answered and said unto Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, which means teacher, say on. He talks about there was a certain creditor, which is one that lends money with interest and he talks about there was two debtors. There was one that owed 500 pence and another 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. If you look up that term, frankly, that means freely, readily, graciously forgave them. There was no regret. There were no stipulations. But he frankly and readily and quickly and immediately forgave them. What a God we serve this morning. When you approach him with that godly sorrow, it doesn't matter what it is. He's ready. He's sitting on ready. He's, he's probably more ready than we are <laughs> to forgive and to wash us of that debt and to set us free. So he's giving him this parable. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them, both telling me, therefore, <clears throat> which of them will love him the most? I don't know how much time had passed or how quickly Simon answered him, but 
he does answer him in a way, and I suppose which means I assume. It's not real sure. I'm completely positive. Could it be that already something smote his heart and something he comes to the realization and maybe he, he because the word of God seems to have a power and ability to convict us when nothing else will. In fact, we're in trouble when the word of God loses its power to convict us. Amen. When we get become so calloused that the word of God, regardless of what vessel it's coming out of, if it's the word of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, it ought to convict us. And if it don't, I'm going to tell you something. You and I better find us an altar to get at. We better, we better start crawling and making our way to God. God, my, my, my conscience has got too calloused. My heart's done got too calloused. Ah, something's wrong with me. Hallelujah, God, I want that conviction. But we're living in a world today, nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants a judgment at the house of God. But I'm telling you, amen, because of sin, judgment had to start at the house of God. Because without judgment, which is justice, nobody can be saved. We need to pray down old-time conviction back in the houses of God. We need to pray down old-time conviction back in our prayer rooms. We need to pray down God send that old-time conviction back upon us when we're singing the songs of Zion and when we're worshiping you, God. I want to be convicted. I want to be stirred. I want to be pricked. Hallelujah. If I'm doing things in there, God, don't let me just go blindly away. No, you're the God of light. You'll help me if I let you. I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Good job, Simon. You passed the test. Watch the next verse. All this time he still hasn't. But the next verse says, And he turned to the woman. But he's not talking to her now. He turns to the woman. But he's saying to Simon now. Could it be that maybe this is the first time as she felt the shifting of God Almighty? She felt the turning of God Almighty. She felt seen and exposed herself. Now the one that knew everything, even though she'd hoped maybe in her own mind and spirit that she, he didn't really know her, but yet he did. Yes, she's a sinner. Yes, she's a sinner too, Simon. She's a sinner. Hallelujah. But because she's willing to repent, because she's willing, amen, to come and wash my feet that you didn't offer me. She's coming to put anointing, not on my head, amen, but on my feet and you failed to do it. And your self-righteousness and your self-dependence and accept ideas. Amen. But now she was the one to turn God Almighty. Jesus Christ, the creator of the world. Amen. Turn to all of heaven. Are you hearing me this morning? True repentance to turn to God of the universe in our favor, in our direction. He'll look down into our eyes and give us hope when nothing else or nobody else can. Our Savior can. Then they want to try to tell me how less church Come and let's just have dead church. Come and let's come and just get this over with so we can go and do our thing. Oh, no. You'd understand just how lost and undone all of us would be if it wasn't for this one called Jesus. 
she was able to turn him. Could this have been the first time that turning to her, but talking to Simon, that he, he looks down into those eyes. He looks down upon that vessel. There was another time in one of his own. Could it be that Peter was in the room now? Could it be that Simon Peter was sitting at the table now? He's watching his Savior. He's watching his Lord. He's observing what's going on and what's being said. Because down the road, in a few months, in a year or so, he's going to find himself. Jesus looking at me, telling me, you got to deny me. Three times you're going to deny me. And sure enough, it come to pass when the cock crew and Peter had denied him. The third time, if you read it closely, amen, when he looks up, Jesus is looking upon him. I believe I got the scripture, amen, where it's talking about Jesus. Amen, looking down upon Jesus upon Peter in this time of his life I'm telling you this morning folks we better thank God that we got a merciful and a loving Savior I'm telling you when the world's telling you you can't all of heaven says you can when hell says it's trying to shut you up all of heaven says no the door is open if you'll come with a godly sorrow if you'll come with earnestness and with sincerity I'm telling you that goes a long ways with God just being honest and being sincere God I failed you God I let that situation get the best of it I'm just flesh I'm just a man but oh God if if I can find mercy and grace, I come crawling. If that's what it takes, I come weeping. I come broken. But oh, I gotta be broken. The Bible says he won't turn away a broken heart and contrite spirit. Don't let pride rob you of heaven. My God, how long has it been since we've been moved? How long has it been since we've been broken? How long has it been that we took a real good consideration, examination of ourselves? Hey, I don't want to be a Simon. I don't want to be a Pharaoh. I have a Pharisee spirit. Claiming the Holy Ghost. Claiming truth. Got the sleeves where they're supposed to be in. Got this where it's at. And where's my heart at? Where's the strings of my heart? Writer talks about it. Extravagant worship. I don't want to worship because... I don't want to dance because everybody else is dancing. Please don't take none of this wrong. When we come in this house, it's all about loving and worshiping Him. And it really doesn't matter what anybody and everybody else is doing or not doing. I'm going to love Him because He loved me when I was unlovable. He kept me Man, at times in my life, when I'd be going down one of them crazy roads, man, if I'd have been, if God allowed the devil have his way, he'd snatch and took me out of here, and I'd have lost eternity, and I'd have wound up in a devil's hell, knowing within myself there's not going to be any exits. It's going to be worse than hell for some, I believe, and for others. Some's going to maybe have some kind of hope that they're going to get out of there. But I'm telling you, apostolics, amen, those that's ever experienced God and the touch of God, and those messages become fresh in their minds and fresh in their all five senses of where they're at and the realization 
person of knowing there's no exit. There's no exit. There's no exit. It's never going to be a relief. There's never going to be a let up. There's never going to, no, no. Oh, I let something get in my heart. I let something get in my spirit. I don't care if it come through the blood genes of your own flesh. I'm telling you, become a new creation. David said, create in me a right spirit. Create in me a right spirit. Put a watchman at my door. Amen. Cleanse me. Purge me. Wash me. Why? Because of all eternity's way in order. That's why it don't matter about this and it don't matter about, but it matters if I make it or not. Thank God she didn't let the opinions of others rob her. The only uninvited one to the supper. <laughs> to some, she would have come became, became the main meal. Some would have tried to just chew her up and spit her out. Thank God, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand. I know my times. He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears. And wiped him with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman since the time I came in. Hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ornament. Wherefore I say unto thee. Her sins. Which are many. I can just imagine as she's looking down probably at her now. I don't know if she's looking up. I don't know if she's picked her head up. I don't know what she's done. Her sins, which are many. And maybe at that moment, that second, maybe something was going there. But she's forgiven. But she's forgiven. But she's forgiven. All of a sudden, man, you can no doubt in her own mind and heart and spirit. Hallelujah. But she's forgiven. But she's forgiven. But she's forgiven. Have we forgot what it feels like to be forgiven? Have we forgot what it feels like to be set free of a debt? Have we forgot what it feels like, amen, a debt that you and I couldn't pay? Amen. If we gained the whole world, hadn't had all the silver and gold, we couldn't buy our way into it. There was only one door. There's only one name. There's only one gospel. There's millions and millions of souls out there that could come in. But God had mercy on me. He allowed me to cross paths where he made with some other new truth. Oh, God, help us in the world in the time that we're in, the community we're in. Help us, God, to be the spiritual persons that you're calling us to be. What about it this morning? You know the difference between this and, and a few Sundays ago with that rich young ruler? Do you remember what was said in Mark 10, 21? Lackest thou one thing. But what, 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 what was the key to that verse? Beholding him. He was looking into his eyes. He was looking into his face. He was beholding him. He was loving him. 
Hey man, here it is, this lady. She don't have anything possibly. Hey Amen. Sin had taken everything away from her, robbed her, and pillared her. But now here she is. And she's looking, he's looking into her face. And she's taking the opportunity. She's responding to it. Hey Amen. He walks away sorrowful. Hallelujah. Because he didn't think it was worth the price. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you something this morning. Do you think it's worth the price? Hey Amen. To set arrogance off, to set pride off, to set hurt off. Hey Amen. Just bad deals or whatever it might be. I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. Whatever weight I got to set aside, whatever repentance I got to do, oh God, help me to repent. Oh God, help me get back into your graces and your mercy. Help me crawl my way back, God. Hallelujah. And you don't have to turn around. You don't even have to face me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to have that reverence. I don't have to have, oh no, no, no. Oh God, if I could just feel your touch, if I could feel your glory, if I could feel your Shekinah presence, amen. It just showers over my heart, my mind, and my spirit. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the presence of the Lord to be in the presence of God and feel that glory upon our lives. God help me not to just, not just to lock it up in my heart. Help me, God, not to just lock it up in my spirit. But, oh, God, help us as a church, amen, to be like our Savior. To be able to walk into circumstances and situations just like this one. And handle it the way he would have us to handle it. That the outcome would be to the glory of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Praise God. He said to her in the 48th verse, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, who is this that forgives sins also? Ooh, look at him. What Jesus done. Everybody around now. Because they knew that only one, a man could forgive sins and that was God. <laughs> he wasn't only a prophet. He proved he was a prophet. He proved that to Simon. He proved that to the little lady. He proved it both of them, but knowing what was in their hearts and what was in their lives. But he also proved a man that I'm God. And I don't have the time, but I'm going to tell you something. I could tell you to Mark, the ninth chapter. I could tell you to other places in the Bible. Amen. When he would make statements and he would ask them the simple question. Let me tell you something. Is it any harder, amen, to tell this man to take up his bed or forgive sins? Hallelujah. And then to demonstrate his power and to let him know he wasn't any harder. Amen. He'd tell the man, amen, that was lamed, that never walked. That was a palsy. Amen. Take up your bed and walk even on the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're serving the Almighty God that cleans us and washes and make us new creation. we got the authority, the power through the gospel in this community to turn this community upside down. We're the hope of this community. We're the doorway of this community. And every place you go, wherever conversation you're in, wherever you're going, you're representing Jesus Christ. You're representing the Holy Ghost. You're representing the kingdom of God. Take heed to what you're doing. Take heed to where you're going. Take heed how you're dressed. Take heed why I'm representing none other but Jesus Christ every single day of my life, and He's more important than my paycheck. He's more important, and His kingdom's more important than any dreams or visions of my own. We ought not have that approach just to get the Holy Ghost, we got to have that approach to keep the Holy Ghost, to keep it. Church, God loves us. He loves this church. He loves this way. Let's humble ourselves. Let's take the time. Spend time in prayer. I can't force you to pray. I can't make you pray. But without it, without it, we're weak. We 
don't have what it's going to take. Even with truth. Even with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for your goodness and grace and mercy. The sweet presence. God, it's your aroma. As we open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits. Unto your touch, unto your will. Help us, God. Help us with earnest and sincere prayer. Before every service. Help us, God, to have a pure heart. Have a right motive and a right spirit. Loving one another. Caring for one another. Uplifting, encouraging one another like never before, God. We become that body of believers. Amen. Every member. Concerned about every member. Joining and binding together to glorify the head. God, that the gifting of the spirit. The operation of the Holy Ghost. The power, amen, of being the Bethel of this community, God. Giving people that are lost and undone. An opportunity, God, to be introduced to you. And your compassion and grace and mercy. And the power to liberate. The power to deliver. The power to cleanse, God. We let your kingdom rule and reign in our affairs. Hallelujah, we let your kingdom rule and reign over our hearts and minds and spirit. Help us practice what James warned us about. We wouldn't give respect unto those with gay clothing and golden rings. Hallelujah, and set others under our feet. But we will love whoever it is. And not just when they come to the house of God, but when we see them out on the street corners, when they walk into our places of business, when they walk into our lives and wherever it might be, God. You help us, God, to be under the enduring powers of the Holy Ghost to be a witness of your goodness and grace and mercy, to give others hope, amen, to be delivered and set free by the powers of your touch, by the powers of your word. We're going to give you the honor and the praise and glory for it this morning through and by that wonderful name called Jesus Christ. We love you today and appreciate you, God. Have your way in our lives, God. Help us. Help us to be strengthened. Help us to be united together, giving you honor and praise and glory for all of it through and by that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Thank you for your attendance. Um, I'm sure they're going to have practice at 4.30 again this evening. God bless you. See you tonight. God bless you.